we'll see we'll see Moira a little bit later. But um, this is Brian and uh, his lovely wife Moira, and they have been. Uh, you can come on up if you want to. Yeah, sure. Um, they've been. Well, you hear a wee bit about their story as it unfolds, but you've been involved in. Christian ministry for decades in New Zealand and in recent years uh, overseas in Australia. So it's just awesome to have you with us. They were here, I don't know if you remember back this far, but 2020, February 2020, i.e. pre-pandemic, okay? Uh, like two weeks before we had a lockdown. So um, it's great that you're able to come back and uh, we've weathered that storm, as I'm sure you have during that time. But just love to pray for you both and then um, you can encourage us from God's word. God, thanks that we've got uh, Brian and Moira here this morning. And uh, yeah, as we've already worshipped you and lifted up your name and, and tried to fix our eyes on your son, Jesus, we just really pray that um, the message that you've um, helped them prepare will just resonate with us, encourage us, challenge us, push us to become more like your son Jesus as we trust your guidance through your Holy Spirit. So we just pray for that, uh, for Brian and Moira, and we'll just have a, a positive time together. In your name, amen. Thanks. Here we go. Thanks, Craig, so much. Good morning. Such a joy to be here on this uh, magnificently beautiful day. We love the local church. If you scratch me, I'll bleed Jesus, comma, and then the local church. Just love being part of God's family. Did you know there's about 2.5 billion of us right now around the planet who believe in Jesus and are committed to him? It's quite a crowd, isn't it? We're going to speak this morning about the adventure of faith. We used to look like that. <coughs> Uh, in a couple of weeks. That was in Dunedin. Uh, and then this is our family more recently, when I turned 70 last year. Uh, we've, we've had the most remarkable, astonishing life, we believe. It hasn't been without difficulty. Moira's brother was killed with a little boy in Tyree Airdrome many years ago. Some of you older people might remember when a light plane crashed there. Uh, miscarriage, misunderstanding, an errant child... Um, that we thought if we could keep him alive until he was 21, we would have achieved something magnificent. Uh, we did. Uh, and uh, this daughter and her husband, um, their four kids, the four kids got baptised last year, very special. Uh, I started off in Christchurch. Well, actually, I was born in Harden. Nobody knows where Harden is. Possibly one or two. You do. And... Uh, then we had uh, four boys in the family. Some of you remember those days, that era. And we were, uh, four boys are A, B, C and D. Anthony, Brian, me, Christopher, the naughty one, and Douglas, good athlete. Uh, and, and we had a great life growing up in Papua Nui. We were part of Papua Nui Baptist Church. Uh, the church was kind of boring for us as young boys. We tried to liven it up a bit by bringing crickets into the service. Uh, and a big day was when we had wooden floor, the wooden offering pot fell on the floor and made a big noise. That was a fun day. But nowhere near as fun when somebody put detergent in the communion grape juice. And, and that was not me. It's possibly one of my brothers. And people began to throw up. So we remember days like that. Um, when I was about 16, 17, my life was perfect. I had a surfboard, a girlfriend, a stereo, what more could you want? 
and and I went surf and I mean they have a great surf down at Campbell's Bay, uh, all over the South Island. We went surfing in the north for that matter, but there was something missing, just something missing. A group of us were talking about Jesus, and that's a bunch of blokes in bed. Would you believe it? South Bay, Kaikoura. The two in the middle, I'm with the dark hair, and the other one is a fellow called Ray Comfort. Some of you might remember that name. That's the weekend Ray and I gave our life to Jesus. And that was uh, 50, 52 years coming up at this Anzac weekend. I was hungry. He was hungry. We were looking for more out of life. And we found it in Jesus. Prayed a simple prayer, asking Jesus to come into our life. And we've been on the adventure of faith ever since, for 52 years, and we still are. We still are in that adventure. There was an astonishing sense of peace and joy. I felt clean on the inside. I can only describe in one word, adventure, the life of the last 52 years. Following Jesus, knowing him, listening to him, seeking to obey him, seeking to share him with others. Wow, what an adventure. Papua New Guinea building, uh, then Bible College of New Zealand in Auckland, then met and married Moira in 12 weeks. Uh, that kind of was a bit of an adventure. Uh, we got married, didn't know her, asked her to marry me up on the hills. I wrote a song and sang it to her and said, I believe wants us, uh, God wants us to get married. She said, okay. Uh, we only met her a few weeks before that. So we had our first kiss after we got engaged. I'm not saying you should do that. And then five weeks later, we got married in Dunedin. And YWAM World Vision, associate pastor at Spraden Baptist, some of you may remember, and lots of other things, and went to Australia to take over as the Bourbon Church. It doubled in 12 months. It doubled again the next 12 months. It doubled again the next 12 months. I'm 33 and we've got 1,200 people coming on Sunday. Who does that? Only God can do that. Only God can do that. We bought 32 acres of land. Uh, we bought the old Queensland Pavilion and put up a facility. Thousands and thousands have come to Christ. What an adventure uh, we've been on. So much uh, about, you know, faith, we think of big decisions. Like people said, don't marry that girl, you don't know her. Well, nearly 48 years and that's turned out all right. Don't go to Australia, they're a bunch of pagans with beer bellies and they don't care about God. Well, we've seen thousands come to Christ, that worked out all right. Don't buy that 32 acres, don't write that newspaper column, don't buy that dirty damaged apartment on Kiwana Island, which is where we happen to live now. There's, there's big ticket items, if you like, of faith. But I don't want to major on that today. I want to major on the 24-7 lifestyle of faith. Faith is for all of us. I think one of the worst things is when you have a visiting speaker and there's kind of a reality chasm between their life and your life. Hey, we're just the same as you. Just the same as you. We've had our disappointments. We've had our difficulties. Lost a, a little child. But what Paul said, no matter what, I think this is a message version, but obsession with self is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. That's what God wants for all of us. We're very, very, Morris can talk more about this, but 
we are very, very word-enriched people. Or we don't make any decisions without being in the Word of God. It's liberating. It's powerful. It's guidance. It, uh, and as I said, more is going to share in a few minutes. But all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Look, there's three things this morning we want to leave with you. How can I live on this adventure of faith? It's really just three things. Love Jesus, be word-enriched, and love others. I can't stress this first one enough, that keep that relationship fresh. Now, some of you have been married a long time, and keeping that relationship fresh is possible and doable. I mean, we're 48 years, and we still like each other. We're driving down the road, and we're happy as a couple of little teenagers this morning. We had a great night last night in the Naseby Town Hall family reunion. We are about the only Christians there. And so we were sharing with different ones. One of them, Graham, he's paid out on us for the whole 48 years. He's crude, he's rude, he's sarcastic. I must admit, I used to pray for him a lot, and after about 30 years, I thought, I'm over this. But then the Holy Spirit said, do I get over you? You know, I mean, and patient. And last night, he's not doing too well. And I looked at him, and I said, Graham, now's the time to receive Jesus. You've been so difficult, so rude, so arrogant. We're still here. You're still here. But your health's not good. Pray that simple prayer. And, and he keeps on, you know, diverting it off. But this is the adventure of faith. We've got something to share. So many people are anxious and worried about what's happening in the world. That's understandable. People are looking to people like us because we have the bedrock of truth. Not legalistic truth, but incarnational reality truth. We have hope. We have faith. We have love. We have generosity. We, we live a lifestyle that people find really, really attractive. A religious leader, an expert in the law, said... Uh, to Jesus, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So, okay, loving Jesus, how do we do that? Well, how do you keep any relationship alive? You talk. And listen. I know men, this is a very big mountain, listening. You know, most of us guys don't score too well on listening, but... Having a conversation with Jesus. This is what keeps the faith adventure alive. We're, we're going places. Maura and I always pray if we're going anywhere. And, and not a long prayer, but Lord, help us to listen to you. Help us to hear what you say about people. Help us to, you know, everything essential about a human being is actually not visible. That was, I think, in The Little Princess or something. Is That, that was a movie and a book, wasn't it? And, and the writer said, everything essential about a person is not visible. What does that mean? It's the inside that's essential. It's the soul. It's the heart. It's the eternal being. And I think one of the things when we love Jesus that stays fresh is we find ourselves looking at people not with judgment or condemnation or criticism. We find ourselves looking at them with compassion. There's, um, when we moved into this place, we had no plans to move into a complex on the Sunshine Coast with 56 apartments. 
Um, but we believe God led us there. And you had drinks around the pool on Friday, sitting around the pool. And one of the ladies said she's got a nice tattoo and uh, lovely long hair and she's you know, kind of almost like a hippie, um, but she's about 60. And she looked at more and she said, look, what do you think about the Ten Commandments? Do you reckon I'll go to heaven? Just as just out of nowhere. I've broken pretty well all of them. No, I've broken all of them. What do you think? Am I going to go to heaven? And this opened up a very natural conversation. And we've become friends with her and her husband. She started posting things about Jesus on her Facebook page. And just the other week, Maura and her were talking again. And she was just recounting that the apartment we bought in this complex was filthy, run down, holes on the wall, carpet was stained. It was just disgusting. Uh, and that's why it was on the market for 300 days, 299 days. No one wanted it. But I'm an old chippy. Now, how do chippies view the world? Do you know what I mean by chippy? A builder. We view the world through what's possible. So we go into a rundown house. We don't see the rundown house. We see the location. We see the possibility. We think we can fix that. We can do that. So we bought that one and we did it up and uh, carpet and new kitchen, all that kind of stuff. And while I was explaining that, our friends from Brisbane advised us not to buy that apartment. And Moira was saying, but Brian could see what it could become. And you know what her response was? I hesitate to say this because it was a compliment to me. She said, I think that's how Brian looks at all of us. He sees the mess our lives are, but he can see what we can become. You know, it's about the biggest compliment I've had in my whole life. Because, and it's true. How does that happen? Through loving Jesus. Through being close to Jesus, you, you want your hands to be the hands of Jesus, the words to be the words of Jesus. You, the way you look at a person and you're looking in the inside and that puts adventure into our daily life. That difficult neighbour, why are they difficult? The issue is not that they're difficult, but why are they difficult? You know, ask God to help you see. This to me is the uh, adventure of faith that we live like this uh, every day. We we. Say, our marriage is an adventure of faith. Not that it takes faith to be married to Moira. She's so sweet and lovely. I mean, 48 years, she's still my best mate. We've never raised voices at each other in 48 years. What is wrong with you two, you're thinking? I'm not saying that for anybody else. I'm just saying that. Uh, does that mean we don't have difficulties? Sure we do. We well, used to. When I was a young man, didn't had a few things to learn. But we prayed, and we still pray, that wherever we live, it will be the kingdom of God will come. That our covenant marriage will reflect the beauty and the presence of Jesus. We've had hundreds of people come into our apartment. This is only three years, apart from all the others over the years. And they'll say things like, there's karma here, there's magic, there's, can't describe it. It's the presence of God. It's the presence of Jesus. It's a relationship where people don't have to look at the floor or the ceiling because they're embarrassed at the uh, tension and argument and so forth. So to, to really love Jesus is to uh, obey him, live in integrity, uh, gather with his people. It's all of those things. It means we see others as he sees them. We were advised that when we moved into the apartment by a Christian couple, they said, look, the woman who lived next to you is really toxic. Don't have anything to do with her. Just beware. Well, that really ticked me off. I thought, no. I'm going to look at her through the lens of Jesus. It's a beautiful woman, 59, didn't wear enough clothing, but I trained myself to look her in the eye for 50 years. I looked her in the eye, 
And uh, she said to me, you know, I've never been loved by a man. She was dating three guys at one point. And we're talking about these three guys. She met them online, 59, dressed beautifully, all that. And we're talking, having a little chat just outside. And she puts her hand on her heart. She said, you know, I'm not sleeping with them. Was I even thinking about that? Was I going to ask her? Was it a conscience awakening? We've become good friends. And she's met a lovely guy. It's a Jewish guy from Sydney. He comes up and they go down. And she said to him, not long after they met, would you like me to convert? And he looks at her and he says, oh, God, no, I've had two Jewish wives. I don't want another one. Which I must admit appeals to my sense of humour. But um, we've, we're getting close. We're getting close to him as well. And, you know, just that adventure of faith excites me every day. I don't want to project my gifting, my personality onto you, but you work that out with your own neighbours and friends and who you work with. Just looking at them through the, the lens of Jesus. More if you come up. When we were growing the church, just finally on this loving Jesus bit, uh, and our church was growing rapidly, so rapidly, and God gave me a beautiful guy. He was my administrator, and he had a wife, and uh, he, was, he did it all voluntary. He was on a Commonwealth pension because he had a bit of a breakdown. Fantastic gift for our church to help me with administration. And uh, his wife was, shall we say, old school, and she had a particular role in the church that she felt she was the first lady of the church and all this kind of stuff and and it got to the point where he had to say to her look I think it's time you stepped aside and take up this role how do you think that went she'd been doing it for 30 years it didn't go well and he passed on a tip to me Craig that's a pastor that is one of the best uh, little talks of wisdom I've ever had in my life and this is talking about his own wife he said, what happens is when we start following Jesus, we love Jesus. We're so grateful for Jesus. But over time, if we're not careful, our relationship with Jesus is replaced by service to him or to the church. So when you take away a role from some people in the church, they don't have anything left. Because their role had replace their relationship it's very wise wasn't it i i really appreciated that because i thought sometimes people in church not abc of course sometimes people get really cranky they get angry they get whatever they they and you think well what's behind this you know have they replaced so stay fresh stay fresh in your relationship with jesus three significant things happened to me uh, 50 years ago, so we've both been following Jesus to just over 50 years. Um, but I was in the Philippines on a mission team and one of the girls stood up in a morning thing and she held her Bible like this and she said, my Bible is the most precious, precious thing I own. And I sat there listening to her and I thought, oh Lord, I don't love your word like that. I want to have that love for your word. <laughs> so I prayed that 50 years ago and he's really answered me because I love his word. I read it every day. Um, the second thing happened, somebody spoke out and she had a message and she was talking to us about journaling back then. And she said, God has a word for you every day. Have you heard it yet? And she said, you have a pen and a journal 
and you're ready every day to write down what has God got for me today. So I still do that today. <laughs> this morning before I came here, I wrote in my journal what was my word for the day. So I've just done that for year, all those years now. I ended up writing a book, Journal to Lift Your Day and Transform Your Life. And this is a journal reading. It takes, gives you a plan of um, four chapters a day, which takes you through the Bible in a year, or one chapter a day, or you can just read the reading. So it's got a reading for every day of the year. And I wrote this probably 15 years ago, and I photocopied six copies, and I gave one to my son, Tim. And he's read it every day since then. <laughs> and he said to me, Mum, you have to get this printed. Every day it speaks to me. So I've got some out there. I hope there'll be an encouragement to you. But what I've done is I've just taken, um, in the introduction, it's how to journal. And there's a thing on benefits of journaling. So I just thought I'd highlight some of the benefits of journaling. And so the first one is connection with God, that if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this, so my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? So that's in John 15. So there's a connection between our obedience to God and, and that sense of his presence. And that's what I want. We want to walk every day in the presence of God. So it's that, okay, I'm going to obey the word. So I've talked in there about how to get your scripture for the day. But then you have this, I've got a saw. Scripture, observation, application, response. So then you're looking at, okay, what does this say? What's it saying to me? And then what am I going to do about it? <laughs> so it's that process that, that brings about that transformation in your life. So connection with God, preparation for service, the one that was up on, on the screen before, all scripture is God-breathed, and it will be, will be thoroughly equipped for every good word. So God is preparing us for service as we spend that time in his word every day. And I love this one, transformation into his image. It's probably my favourite one. <laughs> we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. So that's every day we can get that touch of God's glory and that can increase every day. So that's part of my prayer now is, Lord, I want to increase every day in your glory and with that presence of God. I remember talking to an unsaved relative once and... I was just sitting there, we're having lunch together around the table and the, the, my sister-in-law said to me, how did you become a Christian? So, oh, well, wow, well, wouldn't I? <laughs> so anyway, I just shared my testimony and then the mother talked to us, leaned over to his daughter and said, did you see that? She said, yes, I did. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? She said, when you started talking, your whole face changed. She said, your whole face lit up. So isn't it exciting <laughs> that others can actually see it in us as we step out? So we can pray for that ever-increasing glory. And so this conviction of sin, God's word is like a sharp sword and it penetrates and it pierces and it goes in deep. So it brings about that transformation too. Revelation of our destiny. So just step by step, God will unfold our destiny. And it's just little by little as we're walking with him daily, listening to his word, reading his word, and then power with God. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So 
that's amazing. Whatever you wish, it will be done for you. And I kept looking up. Does that actually mean whatever? <laughs> Does that really mean whatever? So I looked up all the whatevers right through the Bible. <laughs> and it's like, it is whatever. So I remember praying. This is what happened with our apartment that we had. And I felt God say, what do you want me to do for you? Which is a big question, you know, and I've already asked for wisdom. And I just thought about it for a couple of days and I said, Lord, I want an apartment at the beach for writing. And I thought somebody would give us a key to their apartment that we could use because that had happened before. And next thing Brian says, oh, I found an apartment at the beach. Can we go up and have a look at it? <laughs> and within two weeks, and God spoke to me so clearly because... Because our granddad's garden, we've got some children's books and granddad's garden is one of them. It's based in our garden that used to be in Yoronga. And I keep saying, we can't sell granddad's garden. <laughs> but God spoke to me so clearly. I went out on the back deck and I asked the Lord about it. And I read this thing and it said, if you haven't dealt with your survival mentality, you won't take the God opportunities in front of you. Are you going to sit on the back porch of your life and live a mediocre life? <laughs> Okay, and I'm sitting on the back porch with my feet up, <laughs> looking out on Granddad's garden. Okay, time to move on. Because Granddad's garden's now been established in hearts and in schools, and it's all it's gone all over the place. So we don't need the, the actual garden anymore. It's in a book. <laughs> so there's healing and wholeness. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person, rejoicing the heart, enlightening the eyes. So restoring the whole person. So I'll stop on there. The rest of them are in the book. <laughs> but I just want to finish on this one here. Change the way you think. Our thoughts are powerful. We can choose our own thoughts, choosing a life of faith and expectation or fear and anxiety. Reading his word every day, listening to his spirit and responding will fill your mind with faith-filled thoughts and protect your mind from fear, negativity and worry. So do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. So that's the key. And transformed is the picture, that is the, it's called, it's the metamorpho. It's the caterpillar to the butterfly. So it's a total transformation that can occur. So little by little, day by day, will change and grow as God brings out the best in us, develops well-formed maturity in us. And eventually his thinking will penetrate our thinking until our thoughts are his thoughts. And we're achieving far more than we ever thought possible. So he wants to change us from the <clears throat> inside out and then change our world through us. And I get to live with her every day. Isn't that good, eh? She's in the Word all the time. Uh, we sit on a gold mine of treasure that is God's truth. And it's not just knowing about it, it's incarnating it, meditating, taking it into our daily decisions and our daily life. And loving Jesus and being word enriched. And then the last one is, uh, just for a few minutes, loving others. How do we live this adventure of faith? By keeping our love relationship with Jesus fresh, listening to him, being aware of his presence changes everything. People aren't really interested in our opinions, but they're interested in the peace we have, the joy we have, the confidence we have, the kindness that we show, the positive words that we speak, that flow out of our relationship with Jesus. So just for a few minutes, loving others and uh, basically 
this uh, second commandment, loving your neighbour as yourself, and uh, also uh, one of my favourite scriptures, I guess, Jesus, uh, you might call it the last commandment. When I look back to 48 years of marriage in lots of different places, uh, lots of homes, uh, quite a few homes, I think of the neighbours we've seen come to Jesus. I've been thinking of these young people who lived opposite us who were so annoying with their loud cars and fixing their cars and, and uh, neighbours were getting frustrated. So what did I do? I went over, how you doing guys? What you up to here? I mean, we were all ticked, but you know, what's that going to help? And uh, then he was short of a spanner one day, so he came over and I loaned him a spanner. Then he comes over, this one of these young guys, and he said, oh, I actually was brought up at Brethren. Don't go to church anymore, nothing like that. He said, would you pray for me to have a good sleep? I said, why? He said, because I'm not sleeping well. I said, why aren't you sleeping well? Well, in the Brethren, they talk a lot about Jesus coming back. So I'm kind of scared that if Jesus comes back, I'm not going to be ready. So would you pray for me to have a good night's sleep? I said, no. He said, what do you mean? I said, what I'll pray for you is to give your life to Jesus. That's what I'll pray for. I'm not praying for you to have a good sleep. This is the Holy Spirit convicting you. And guess what? Him and his girlfriend knelt down and received Jesus uh, not too long after that. We, I won't share these with you, but we've just got so many stories of people that we've uh, loved and been kind to without any religious terminology and then seeing them over time want to get right with God. The Christian life is a cruise ship or a battleship. Hello, it's a battleship. There's a hospital on board for the wounded to get healed, but there's a battle. The adventure of faith requires uh, walking in Christ and, and just really kind of being there for people. My, with the woman next to us, we call her our woman at the well uh, friend. She doesn't know that. Um, but I help her with cases up and down the stairs and, and, and then over time I got to be able to talk to her about the difference between forgiveness and trust. And why, can, why will she listen to me? Because I'd been kind. I'd lifted some bags, I'd fixed a few things, all that kind of stuff. You can do that for your neighbours. Don't give them a text when you do it. Just help them. Just help them. And ask God to help you to see the essentials of the person, which is not what they wear, not their house, not their car, not their money, nothing. it's none of that stuff. It's what's happening inside. See the difficult people in your world. Ask the Holy Spirit, you know, the way they behave is a symptom, not a cause. There's a cause underneath that symptom. God, help me. Help me to listen. Help me to be kind and generous. And, and so we, we're still just living like this. I obviously can't uh, do this today, but... There's so many people I've listed down here uh, who we've seen come to Christ, uh, you know, and, and they just, it's just, it makes me want to cry that we've had the privilege of being part of that process. And it's, we're still now, you might have guessed, we're in our 70s, more than 73 for goodness sake. Oh, I'm 70. I married my mum. Oh, that's a joke. Yeah. Uh, and, but... Um, you know, uh, we, we are sharing Christ as much now at this stage of our life as any stage. I think in our 50s, we saw people come to Christ in the inner city of Brisbane, dozens, scores. We had a mini revival, gold medal Olympian, wealthy Lebanese, you know, and these people groups. And it was very, very exciting. And we kind of, 
Uh, we're, we're still doing this, and you can do that. What is your greatest tree, Craig? And is it a cowrie? Is a cowrie a great tree? So I looked at the website. I love your website. I love the clarity of it. I love the clarity of the vision and the process for people to get discipled. I love it that you make it clear to get started. You might pray a simple prayer like, Jesus, I've messed up my life. I want you, please would you come in and clean my heart and give me a new start. I love that that's clear here. And I looked at the website and I looked at the photo and I thought, I reckon there's a lot of cowries in this church. Speaking of people who are a bit older, a bit of white hair maybe, maybe no hair much or, you know. But you know what you are? You're cowries in the church. You're mothers and fathers in the faith. And you're an incredible blessing. You've got lots of resources in every level to share with the vision of the church, to encourage your pastor and your leaders. And say, I want to make a difference. I want to contribute. I want to have a freshness of my walk with Jesus. You know, as I said just uh, in conclusion, uh, we mentioned these books that we've got. And this, this one's become a bestseller. I'm still trying to find a humble way to say that. I, I haven't found it yet. But uh, we were in an Airbnb in uh, Ranfilly the last couple of nights and gave them a couple of our books, a young mum and dad. And then she comes in the next yesterday morning. And she said, can I get sets of these? She bought two sets, just like that. And completely unchurched. And that's why one of the reasons we put no Christian language in these books, so that they can go to the unchurched. And then she said, can you come and speak at our school on Monday? Well, there's an assembly. Well, we can't. We're going to be uh, near Arrowtown. But uh, come back. Can I buy more of your books? And I thought, this is an unchurched person who sees the chaos of contemporary culture, sees the values in our books that are not preachy, but uh, subtly powerful, if you like, and, and wants them, not just for her family, but for her school. And I thought, this is the, one of the joys we have at this stage of our life. I gave the husband, a young guy, one of these books, the man book, and I said, read on the back cover the top thing. I said, I think there's a guarantee there that you might, you might find interesting. Um, so I gave him that anyway, and there's another book there. But um, this is also what we do these days. And what a joy it is to be with you. Um, I hope you're aware that you're part of a healthy church. As best I can see, you've got good leadership. You've got a lovely facility. My, what can God do through unity, through men and women who are not just looking on the outside of the community, you're looking inside. Jesus, help me to look at them the way you see them. It makes you very compassionate. Very, very compassionate. Very non-judgmental. People are hurting. People are uns unsure about life. I invite them into your home. Look, that's a bit of a brag, I suppose, but that's just opposite our place, and we go kayaking most Saturdays. That's our little dog in the middle there. Looks a bit self-indulgent. Why are you showing us that? I don't know. Maybe because I've got a dog. It makes us more real. Uh, more Jesus-like. We don't have a cat. Uh, love Jesus. We did have. Be word-enriched. Love others. Thank you so much for listening. And, and, and please, um, those of you, you know, just run in your lane. And, you know, I'm not saying you should be like me. I'm, I'm just saying run in your lane. What, what are you good at? Where do you feel that sense of God's presence? I'm hoping more, yeah, this is the time of year for you to say, Craig, can we have a coffee? And then, look, I haven't been doing much in the church, but I'm ready to step up. What do you want me to do?
or I'm good at this, or I'm good at that, or I've got heaps of money and I don't really need it. I'd like to give, you know, there might be people here like that too, yeah. You know, can I help with this? Can I help with that? Other leaders who are here in the church. Um, take it from someone who's been around longer than many of you. Uh, we're actually the, about the oldest in our church where we go on the Sunshine Coast. And uh, we love it. We love hanging around with young people. Um, but, uh, yeah, just do whatever you can because this is about the best thing. This is the church of Jesus Christ. is the hope of the world. Can I finish in prayer? Oh, and by the way, if you want to have a look at any of these books, they're out there in the foyer. Uh, let's stand and pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come in ABC. Your kingdom come in our daily lives as we love you, as we are word enriched, and as we think of others. Help us to wake up every day with that sense of purpose, why we're here. Help us to step up and do whatever it takes to help the church grow and increase in health and an influence and impact. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.